Welcome to Native Notion, a gaming podcast that isn't afraid to talk anything and everything. Here's your host, Klamath. Yo, 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 what's good, what's really good. Thank you for joining in today. I appreciate the fact that you're here. Uh, Today's episode, we're going to be covering some initial reactions to what happened on Monday Night Football last night. If you are not aware, there was a serious incident that happened between the Bills and the Bengals that ended up in one man's life in jeopardy. Um, If you didn't, if you weren't watching, you may have seen most of your updates online. Uh, From what I can tell, most of the people have sided with the player, um, but... I would caution you to be careful, right? Because online personalities, you know, they they like to go one way or, or another. So <clears throat> let me go right into it. Um, the player's name is Damar Hamlin. He is a 24-year-old male that plays for the Buffalo Bills. It is his second year in the league. Um, as far as what I could tell, I don't, I don't watch the Bills. I don't follow the man's career or anything like that. Um, as far as I can tell, he was a regular starter. Um, there was reports saying that uh, he started 14 games this year. Uh, he was a regular portion of the defense for the Bills. Um, as far as like how they're playing and everything like that, it seems like he was an integral piece of that defense. They're a strong team. So... Um, last night in the first quarter, there was uh, a situation where the Bengals are driving and they're trying to score. Um, it's 7-3, to three if, if my memory serves me correctly at that point, with the Bills on top. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so a uh, there's a crossing route, a crossing pattern that happens at that point where T. Higgins is running across the field from the right-hand side and catches a ball uh, maybe like five yards-ish from uh, the uh, the line of scrimmage. Um, he's not directly covered, and uh, he turns up field. DeMar Hamlin is a safety, so he's not covering him directly. However, he is tracking him. Um, he turns and heads directly towards DeMar Hamlin. DeMar Hamlin squares him up. Um, I thought he actually had pretty good form from what I could tell and and understand that I am not an expert when it comes to understanding like how to do these things right but I have a really good or general understanding of how it goes on Um, I thought he could have been better where he was a little more on the balls of his feet Um, and I think that could have helped this scenario he was a bit flat-footed I'm not saying that he was out of position or he did it bad or anything like that I'm just uh, critiquing that specific portion Um, and uh, T. Higgins lowered his shoulder and drove directly into his chest. Uh, DeMar Hamlin was capable of wrapping him up. He did really good in that sense. There's one thing that I am noticing among um, especially defensive backs in the NFL. A lot of them don't wrap up. Uh, They just go for big hits. So... Um, but he did really good in that sense. He wrapped him up, brought him down. Uh, he may have gained like one or two more yards. It was a, it was a pretty solid play in, uh, on both ends of the field. Um, he, uh, Damar Higgins, immediately uh, pushed himself up off of T. Higgins, and you can see he, you know, he's get he's excited. And he goes yeah, and you can like his arms clench a little bit, and then out of 
out of nowhere like at that point out of completely nowhere you kind of just see him stop he doesn't move uh he just kind of looking away from the the play that had just happened and and uh and mind you this is like seconds worth of time this is not you know uh like minutes worth of time but you can see it happen his his head doesn't move for somebody who gets up and and flexes that he's excited about that i'd expect like a different reaction at that point maybe he decides to jump uh maybe he goes and you know he celebrates with a teammate about making a tackle or or something like that right takes a step at the very least but he just stops and he's he's got his feet shoulder width at that point his arms are at his side and and just completely and utterly collapsed fell backwards um uh it, from my initial reaction right when i saw this happen i i immediately went to his heart just stopped right it didn't make any sense to me how how somebody could do that um be in that scenario uh especially when i i have seen it happen on professional uh, or in professional sports in the not too distant past right um it just brought back a lot of really bad memories right understanding that like this is i'm not a medical professional i'm not making the uh the <laughs> diagnosis of what happened or anything like that um but that's exactly what i thought uh i had a discussion with somebody who saw the who didn't see it live but saw the clip of what happened and they said it looks like he stood up and um he he you know lost blood flow to his brain like he stood up too fast right and he collapsed which is is not an abnormal thing for people to do i'd say it's like a pretty abnormal thing for a professional athlete especially at the caliber that these nfl players are playing at um to have happen but it, like absolutely that's something that could have been right maybe that happened maybe you know he stood up and in that head rush and everything like that and, and just lost flow and he collapsed right but the follow-on aspect of what happened is really what changed that thought process right um he he hit the ground and his hands were slightly in the air at that point and they just came to his side so uh that tells me that he's not conscious um whether or not his heart is beating is a completely different aspect right but it just tells me that he's com he's not conscious at that point and i'm like oh shit you know like what I, I kept looking at replays and I'm like, maybe the crown of T Higgins helmet actually hit his face mask uh, and he took a blow to the head or something like that. And I looked and I looked and I looked and they was like just constantly looking at uh, the angles that were given. And I was like, there was nothing there, right? His head didn't snap back at all. It was straight connection to his chest, helmets out of the way for both of them. Everything was normal up until that point where he stood up and just stopped moving, right? um and I, i'm i'm looking at like they're showing him like laying on the ground i'm like he's he's not he's not moving right the referee standing there just kind of like shocked what happened one of the players that was on the Bengals team moved out of the way right and kind of like looked back at him he's like what right it's the initial shock that happens and i mean it is moments and i mean moments later when the medical professionals come running out onto the field right i don't know if you've ever experienced something like this if you've ever been in a place where something like uh it, somebody's had some type of um condition where they've lost 
consciousness um, or or they're having some type of heart issue or or something of that nature right um, the the reaction that comes from the medical professionals uh, which they are taught not to run mind you uh, because it, it in inherently running exposes you to more risk as a medical professional and, and your expertise is needed at the scene where somebody is in need of help uh, as opposed to um, getting there as fast as you can right but they came out there so fast um, and that changed the scene for me right we're like what 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 happened and, and i mean it's a, a that could have been now mind you it's kind of i don't have a timeline associated with this right but i i want to say they were on the field within a minute um which is like pretty pretty fast um and and they're evaluating what they like this, the medical team that's there is evaluating the situation that they're in at that point they have to make an evaluation to know what they need to do um from there it's kind of a blur right there's not and i i sincerely thank the fact that the camera crews were better about this um, there was no like close-up shots of of his face or of what the professionals were doing on the scene. There were a lot of close-up shots of uh, players and their reactions. And I will tell you for certain, like uh, you're talking about professional athletes at any level. They're still humans, right? But professional athletes at any level, they're always in like a certain mind space that are focused on the game, right? So when when stuff like this happens and you st you start seeing people reacting uh it it says a ton about what's happening on the field but you can only speculate because you don't know right um and and you start seeing the reactions of people right there are people that like there's obviously concerned faces right anybody in a non-contact situation collapses on the field that's a very significant issue in like incredibly significant um, and, and the the significance behind that, the gravity of what's happening shows on the people that are near it, right? And so that's what the camera crews were showing. They were showing the reactions of people on the field. They're trying to get a glimpse of what's happening because they don't know either, right? Their job is to report on what's happening, whether it's good or it's bad. Uh, sometimes uh, there's some mistakes that happen in that scenario. And um, they're, they're trying to give us the the details that we are as or that we are striving to get as uh, fans. Right. Mind you, the stadium has gone quiet at this point. Right. Um, it, it, it is like. It, it's it is something that. If you don't experience, it doesn't make sense to you. Right there, all the things that are happening in this world, um, you you have expectations for responses and everything like that. Um, you have 50, 60, 70,000 people, whatever, all together in one area. That's inherently, it's going to be loud, right? That is the, that's the nature, especially when it comes to sports, right? Uh, people tend to make a lot of noise and that, and that's, it is what it is, right? But the place goes silent, right? That you're, you're immediately going boy like something is really really wrong here right you don't know what's happening and all of a sudden they're like you start seeing people um there are, there are people like spread out on the field and this is players from both teams right play is completely stopped at this point they're spread across the field you start seeing people gather around uh damar higgins laying on the ground and the medical staff and um that that tells me that 
whatever it is that we're dealing with is incredibly serious okay the fact that these players are are working to provide privacy for this young man who's dealing with something tells me that whatever that something is is an incredible threat to his life right whatever it is i don't know nobody else on the i'm sure players on the field have no idea right but you start seeing like reactions of players who just like start bawling on the field right i mean just cannot control their emotions type of shit people on a knee there's players that are hugging each other right like all kinds of things there the players from the other team like circling up and trying to talk to each other right because the nature of the business is when you're in like very serious and and uh catastrophic scenarios somebody has to keep calm to try to keep the the uh the group of people the the drive going right uh and that's a really tough position all on its own right especially when you don't know what's happening you're just trying to, you're kind of charged with like hey refocus get back in let's talk about this and blah 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 and trying to trying to do that right um but shortly after that ambulance comes on the field and at this point if you've not made the connection with that so something is something's really really wrong okay um the ambulance coming on the field tells me that uh what we're seeing is probably something that you you've never seen before especially in nfl football um american football for those um but if if you if you watch other sports uh whether or not they interest you and stuff like that in euros 2020 um this is the european championship for countries for um soccer footy football whatever you want to call it i don't care um they're playing um denmark is on the field at the time and uh there's a ball that goes out of play um Den denmark's ball and guy goes uh and, I, and right now it's skipping me who was throwing the ball but he picks up the ball and he throws it to christian erickson who's jogging towards him right towards the sideline and before the ball gets to him you see christian erickson just start to fall right which is like an odd situation um and he i mean the ball hits him like in the chest and bounces back to him but he just collapses to the ground not moving uh, I was watching the game live when it happened. Um, and and you're like, what? Like, there's just a shock value. What what happened? I, I, don't, I don't know any of these players that are professionals or anything like that, but I'm a human, right? Like, I, I have the compassion that goes along with understanding, like, something just happened. What the hell is that? Uh, is he okay kind of situation, right? Um, it, the difference for... What happened with Christian Erickson goes on to the the camera crews, right? And I'm sure they're being directed, but the camera crews during this match ended up uh, like zooming on, zooming in on his lifeless face. And I'm telling you, there's there is a, you may or may not have ever seen anybody that had open eyes but was dead, right? There is a look that is on somebody's face where there's nothing there. Like, I'm not kidding you. There is nothing there. And that's the view uh, that was put on by the camera crews uh, for Christian Erickson. And they, they're just looking at his face as he's laying on the ground. He's dead. Right? Um, it, similarly, the players in that scenario gather. I mean, they're obviously reacting. Um, 
they are they are uh, gathering around providing a human shield using uh flags that they have from the field um to to cover it to provide privacy in a scenario where somebody is completely and utterly vulnerable where they're trying to do things to save somebody's life it's not something that everybody in the world needs to see you know it happens but you don't need to see it happen right and that's what they did fortunately for christian erickson they were able to the the medical crew was able to get out there one of his teammates provided life-saving cpr to him on the field he had a cardiac arrest right um so the big thing about that is getting blood flow from the heart through the body to the different organs right specifically the brain that that really matters um and then the crew take over and, and they end up and unfortunately you could see his body moving because they didn't have enough people or things to cover it um you just couldn't see like exactly what was happening but they they shocked him right with an aed um and ended up restarting his heart uh thank god right um so that is i mean the difference for christian erickson is when when he left the field uh he he was on a stretcher he was not in an ambulance and he was able to give a thumbs up so he was alert when it when he left the field right uh for damar hamlin in this scenario we don't know what's happening uh we know that there's some serious medical situation happening on the field from what reports have come out um the medical staff that was on the field provided nine minutes of cpr and aed defibrillation um to save uh his life which is um i don't know if maybe you have maybe you haven't uh if you've ever done cpr um i've done it practicing i've never i've never done it on a person right you and when i say practice i mean i'm certified in cpr um but uh you get certified and you go and do it you do it on a test dummy um because the action of cpr is actually like incredibly uh damaging to the human body uh but it's necessary to be damaging in order to save somebody's life right the damage that happened to um in in that scenario is probably a less of a priority than trying to save this person's life right and i say probably because there's some people who are like oh you, you know they will argue a point just to argue a point but um lots of reports like tons and tons of, of reports you talk to any medical professional or, or um emt or firefighter right um they talk about how like it's it's pretty normal for people to break ribs in scenarios where they're given cpr right a broken rib can puncture a lung understand that i'm not saying that this is happening right but like this a broken rib is no joke but that's breaking somebody's ribs is secondary to the fact that you need to restart their heart right because if they have a broken lib, rib and it punctures their lung what what does that mean if their heart isn't moving right they're dead um so that tells me like based on the reports that came out like listen this guy died on the field his heart stopped um it, i still up to this point i'm like he said he had a cardiac arrest there was no like he didn't clench his chest he didn't he didn't uh like have the classic signs of like struggling or anything like that he stood up he just he stopped moving and moments later just collapsed that means to me like completely and utterly stopped the heart the electrical pulses that were going to the heart stopped something happened right and his heart stopped moving when his heart stops moving that starts moving or stops moving blood to vital organs within the body specifically the brain 
And if the brain doesn't get oxygen, that causes a, a lot of issues, right? And blood carries oxygens, uh, or oxygen, excuse me. Um, so, you know, like he, he just, he, he, I don't know if he, in that moment that he collapsed, if his heart had completely stopped at that point, or if it was at some point when he was on the ground. Uh, but I can, like, certainly, you know, I'm like, this man just died on the fucking field. What the fuck happened, right? There's a ton of speculation that goes out that's associated with this. I mean, a ton of speculation. And obviously, with the times that we live in, that's going to be both sides of the spectrum, right? Everybody's going to be blaming, point, looking to point a finger uh, as to the reason why this happened, why this young man is dealing with something so traumatic. Um, so, uh, continuing on, uh, eventually they, they, they did get him into the, uh, into the ambulance. Um, and, uh, I guess his mom was in the stands. So, uh, if you're not a parent, it's hard to understand what it means, right? But you can kind of, if you've ever dealt with somebody who was going through a situation where their life was threatened, um, you, you can kind of understand that point, but that's, that's, a that's traumatic as, as all get out, right? I don't know his background. I don't know what he had to deal with. I don't know what his mom had to deal with, right? But I do know the relationship between a mother and a son are, is pretty strong, right? Um, and, and often can't be broken. Not to say that people don't break it or anything like that, but, you know, like, that's, like, she, he obviously flew her to go to the game, and um, she's in the stands as this is happening, right? Can you imagine what it's like to be in that scenario where she she is watching her son go through something that she has no idea about, right? I don't know if she's processing the information the same way that I am. I don't I don't know where she was sitting, if she had the view that I did or anything like that. I could only imagine that her first thought is, what the fuck is wrong with my son, right? What has happened? Somebody talk to me. Give me information. Is he okay, right? You know, trying to make sure he's okay. Um but they they end up there's uh they they announced it on on TV right there was only one level one trauma center in Cincinnati uh, at least within the area and it was uh the um the Cincinnati's uh it's two minutes away their their um their trauma center I, I I can't even remember what it's called their medical center of Cincinnati anyway um. And they got him in there. Uh, and I will tell you that, uh, like, legitimately, the actions of these people on the field um, and and uh, the actions of basically everybody involved was, like, something extraordinary. Um, I told you, like, the crowd went silent, right? Well, uh, after the... I mean, I wasn't really paying attention. I was real focused on what was being said on the broadcast and, and looking at the field and stuff like that. But after the ambulance left, the stadium is completely filled, right? I mean, completely filled at this point. Um, nobody's really moving, right? I mean, it's not to say that people aren't moving, right? But it is just packed full. Every person that I could see is still in the stadium. Um, and, and there's just this deafening silence. It's there. Now, it could be a scenario, uh, and I and thank God they, they didn't do this. It could be a scenario where they um, where they didn't have in-stadium sound at that point, uh, which is good. 
because one of the things I was at work when this happened, um, one of the things that uh, I said to my coworkers when when this happened is like, please, for the love of God, uh, do not force somebody that's on the sideline to give a report of what's happening on the field because that would be uh, a tragic scenario um, on top of what's happened to this young man, right? That just, it, it'd be, I thought it was unfair that um, the broadcast group put it on the, uh, we, they had some announcers that were back in the studio for Monday Night Football and they, they went back to them and, and asked them to talk about it. And I'm like, bro, like I get it. You, you know, you need somebody, you're going to try to, to, to um, minimize keeping the, the scenes on the field, on, on the screen and stuff like that. There is no room for these people to prepare. Um, and there was a gentleman by the name of Boogie McFarland who was on the cast uh, on that um, set when, the, when they were talking. Um, and, and you could tell as he's talking, he's just like, he's fighting back tears, right? Uh, he, there's a, they call it a brotherhood, right? These, they're ex NFL players and current NFL players. They all, they all know what it's like to be in the situation that, uh, that they're, these players are in, meaning the work it took to get to that point. Right. So they kind of like accept the, um, they accept each other uh, as, uh, professional athletes, um, within that, that they called it brotherhood. So, um, he, he's an ex NFL player. Uh, it, yeah, he's, he's like emotionally, it's taking a toll on him and he's having to talk about it. Right. And I'm like, it's just not fair. It's just not fair. And Adam Schefter is there. Um, yeah. I, I mean, just like, I'm like, they need to, there needs to be somebody at ESPN headquarters that's preparing, uh, somebody who's not involved in this scenario to come on and just completely get away from these people. Right. Cause they're paying like direct attention. That's a that's like emotionally these people are charged. Um credit to uh the TV broadcasters at the stadium, Troy Troy Aikman um was was one of them and uh for the life of me um the name is skipping me. Uh not Chris Collinsworth, but uh the other gentleman that um but um they did a fantastic job. Right. They they kept their composure. Uh, they were able to speak with a consistent cadence. They were able to express themselves without making it seem like they were emotionally charged. And and I mean, it's not like uh, they didn't it, it didn't affect them. They're in the stadium, right? Um, but credit to those people. Eventually, ESPN was able to get Scott Van Pelt in the show. Uh, uh, on the set and get him ready and prepared and he started talking and he's able to coordinate with people that are out in the field and, um, which one time they brought uh, a young lady um, on on to talk about this is after obviously they transported uh, Demar Hamlin to the hospital um, to talk about it and she's uh, you could tell like she is not dealing with the 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 emotions while they're talking to her right just uh it's a it's an emotionally charged situation and you're putting these people that are professionals in communications in a place where they need to talk about it and they're struggling right um there was a it's a frightening situation um so to the credit of of the players on the field and the fans in the stands and, and 
people around the world, right? All the professionals that are that are covering this event and stuff like that. There's a lot of people that came together, right? The humanity aspects, fans, uh, fans together, you know, consoling people that are that are not dealing with the process as well, because everybody deals with this differently, right? Um, they're consoling each other. Um, there, there are uh, the the players on the field. They're all getting together, right? And 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 um, you know, they're trying to they're trying to work their way through something in, uh, that was traumatic to them uh, on the field in real time. Um, you you got to see like the players doing stuff. They they'd circle up, and some of them were doing prayers, right? Um, others were trying to. Uh, take control of the emotions that are happening and, and project that to their teammates in the area to, to wrangle them back in. There was a scenario where after it first started, the NFL announced that they were going to, um, they were going to restart the game in five minutes. Um, and that's after like they transported, uh, DeMar Hamlin via the ambulance to the hospital. Right. And that was fucking wild to me. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? There are people that, uh, that like Joe Burrow, who's the quarterback for the Bengals, he was out throwing, um, he was throwing passes to warm up. And then th they cut over, and there's um, Stefan Diggs, who's got, uh, you know, his face are full of tears, and they're, they're going to different, like, defensive backs for the Bills, and you can see that they're not there emotionally, like, at all. Mentally, they have checked out at this point. Um, you see uh, Josh Allen, who's a quarterback for the Bills. He's just sitting on the bench, right? He's just kind of like staring. And, he, and then like, like, you're supposed to go back and start this game in five minutes again? Like, what? This doesn't make any sense. That that didn't, that bothered me. Um, it is the knee-jerk reaction of like the show must go on kind of scenario. Um, eventually, the NFL came out and, and temporarily postponed the game. Uh, the coach for the Bills was talking with the officials, and you can't, unless you're a, a lip reader, I couldn't hear what he's saying, but I can imagine the conversation is, listen, my guys are not mentally fit to continue this game right now. I need to take them back. We need to talk to these guys. We need to figure out what we can do in order to get them back in the game because as it stands right now, if we restarted, none of these players are going to be able to continue. Right? And I say none of them, but I'm sure there's some of them were emotionally checked out from the beginning anyway, and maybe they weren't there when this is happening. But um, what I'm saying is like 100%, the coach finally finally stepped up and was like, listen, we, we need some time, right? Give us some time to process what just happened. Um, and they, NFL uh, temporarily suspends the game and sends both teams back into the locker room. And then... It, you know, like you don't see anything that's happening in the locker room. There's cameras in the in the tunnel. And there's coaches and and staff from the the officials, um, and uh, like NFL staff that are all standing there. And there's phone calls being made and stuff like that. And blah blah blah. Eventually, NFL comes out and says like, okay, the game's officially postponed. Right? We don't know when we're gonna continue. Um, which, you know, like it's it's wild to think that <laughs> there were people involved in this scenario who thought that players and and um professionals that are all throughout the different systems associated with NFL are just going to be able to continue with what they were doing and not think about what they just witnessed and what they were just a part of
crazy, 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 crazy. Um, so since then, obviously, uh, this young man is gonna, he's in the hospital and I'd imagine he's going to be in the hospital for some time. It's been, re uh, it was released that when, when he left the field, his heart had been restarted, which thank God, right? Credit to the medical staff that did that work. That's incredible. Um, but they, uh, there was one reporter from, uh, Fox sports who said that, uh, when he arrived, he, his heart was obviously doing its own job, but he was unable to breathe manually. Uh, so they had him on forced air. So that's, that's kind of significant. And at some point they said uh, in the middle of the night that he was not on forced air or he was still on forced air, but he, he had like 50% capability or his lungs had had 50% capability. They were doing half the job that they needed to do to keep him alive. Um, they, there have been like confirmed reports that he has been medically induced into a coma, um, pending further investigations that are associated with the health problem that he exists. There's a ton, an absolute massive amount of speculation about what happened. Um, like what the cause of it is. Um, the concerning part about this is there are medical professionals. Now, I don't know these medical professionals, but there are medical professionals who are, are giving diagnosis for what happened without any knowledge of what's actually going on. Right? That's concerning to me uh, because I get it. Like you're making, just like the rest of us, you're making some some assumptions about what you saw happened and, and what maybe what information that you've been able to gather from different uh, sources and stuff like that. Um, but you're not a, you're not at his bedside. You're not running the tests. You don't know what happened. You don't know the results of, of anything, right? So they're they're putting out answers for what happened with little to no factual information behind that, right? That's that's wild. Um, so uh, the there's one there was a, an article that was put out on CBS Sports um, that I actually uh, kind of garners the same thought process that I have on this. Um, it, it is a uh, it's an a, a interview with um, a, a gentleman by the name of uh, Dr. Aaron Bagish. He's a uh, Mass General Bingham. He's a team cardi cardiologist for the Patriots, Harvard University's athletics, US soccer and other organizations. He's a director of cardiovascular performance program at Massachusetts General Hospital Center and also serves as a medical director for the Boston Marathon. So this is a person who specializes in cardiovascular strength um, and uh, monitoring it in sporting events, right? This is a really good source of understanding like what it is, you know, somebody somebody in that scenario, what their thought process would be. Um, but he, he came at it at a very, 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 uh, what I would say, uh, a political response, right? A, a, like he was very, he provided answers without providing answers. Um, but acknowledge that, like, hey, I don't know anything about this, right? So I'll, I'll go ahead and read this to you. Um, CBS Sports, who, uh, the person that interviewed him, said, what was your initial reaction and assessment when watching the play that left DeMar Hamlin injured on Monday? His response was, when I saw what happened, the type of collapse he had, where his body went completely limp, is a type of collapse that is, has a very, very high likelihood of the heart stopping. I'd agree with that statement. There, that's a really concerning thing. Yep. 
The real good news story is how promptly the medical team on the sideline was at his side performing resuscitation. That is not always the case. Now, um, you will you will understand this point right, uh, in terms of where you want to have something like this happen, right? Nobody wants this to happen, but if you were to say, like, if this is going to happen, this is where I want to be when it happens. Number one, you want to be in a hospital that has the ability to deal with what you are dealing with, right? That is the best location because it has the most staff and they're going to respond the fastest, right? The next location that is best is probably at a professional sporting event. Um, in this case, an NFL game, right? Very, very quick response, trained personnel, um, not necessarily to do everything that's needed, but to take life-saving efforts to, to restore your heart. Next question, how much did the quick response by the medical teams affect Hamlin's diagnosis? Dr. Baggins responds, with, well, the diagnosis, which refers to the reason the cardiac arrest happened, is still unclear. Oh, when something like this happens, the heart stops pumping blood, and one of the 100% certainties, if resuscitation isn't done, it's automatic death, right? That makes sense. If somebody doesn't take actions to restart your heart, you are dead, right? That's the, the longer you wait, the longer it takes for, uh, or, or the less the likelihood that your heart can restore itself to normal operation. So it's imperative that they responded quickly. From your perspective, what are the possible causes of Hamlin's cardiac arrest? And this this response has got to be like the best one that I that I've seen. I've seen all kinds of different ones. Uh, there's a long list. There are genetic and uh, congenial um, abnormalities which could be at play. I know uh, I know there's been speculation about the blunt force from the tackle, but I would say it's really premature to make any speculation. In fact, to jump to a conclusion would be a mistake. The diagnosis of commotio cordis, for example, which refers to the a fatal disruption of the heart rhythm from a blow to the chest. This is more common in baseball, hockey, uh, lacrosse. There, there's not a ton of um, samples of that, but people have absolutely experienced that uh, where the ball hits them square or the puck hits them square in the chest. And it happens at a moment when um, your heart is basically swapping uh, the the way it's working. And in the, and it's like 200 milliseconds worth of time. If it happens at that point, it can cause um, fibrillation. It can cause your heart to stop beating the way that it should, which could cause your heart to stop completely, right? Very rare scenario. Um, but to continue is what we call a diagnosis of exclusion, meaning other things have been eliminated. We would never conclude that unless factor uh, that unless other factors have been ruled out. So that's a really good answer, right? Hey, here's something we're talking about. This is what people are saying, the likely cause, but without having done this full battery of tests, without all the knowledge behind it, without the time, the data, we can't conclude that this is the case. It's a possibility, we don't know. Are there any potential causes that you deem more likely in this case? Uh, and Dr. Baggish responds with, it would be irresponsible to attach any kind of diagnosis until we're sure. The majority of cardiac arrests that occur in young athletes occur because of some genetic heart condition. That is independent of getting a blow to the chest. This is why to come up with a short list is really not possible. Um, that's something that's real big, right? And I, I, I know of this, and I'm sure many people know of this. When people run into these issues where they're dealing with heart conditions, 
it's not until something happens like this um, that that heart condition is found, right? So uh, uh, the hardest part of finding problems that are not consistent is finding the problem when it happens, right? If you have a heart condition that is not always happening, if you're getting tested, how do you know that that heart condition is there, right? It's really hard to find that. So that's a good answer. Uh, generally, how long does it take to diagnose the actual case? You, his response is the usual sequence would be the first would be first to get him stable. They can't comment on the time frame without being at his bedside. But the diagnostic part of this is usually second in line, right? So getting him stable means like having his heartbeat normal, having him breathing regularly, um, being responsive to everything that's happening, um, trying to make sure that he is still there kind of situation. Uh, from the outside, what happens next? His response was, I think one of the things that can start now is to watch how the resuscitation effort was conducted and to learn from that. It was an exceptionally effective resuscitation effort. And it speaks to the planning that goes into it. They rehearse for emergencies like this. They have to be ready. With each day, the athlete's status will be updated and the recovery trajectory will probably depend a lot on the next 48 to 72 hours. So I like what he did here is he he said like, hey, we don't know what happened. We're not sure where it's going to go because they're going to depend. They're going to determine based off of what happened, where they're going to go. But what we can say is for what we do know, hey, look at this aspect, see what they did, examine that, see how we can improve, applaud the fact that they did incredibly well, right? Keep Keep doing that, right? Make your efforts better for that. Um, next question, blow the chest, if the blow to the chest is in fact ruled the cause, how common is such an occurrence? Which is a really good question. If this ends up being uh, commodio cordis, this is not the first time it's happened, though it's not been a style of sudden death in football compared to ball sports like lacrosse, baseball, or hockey, or puck sport. This would not be the first time it's happened in sports, certainly, but I want to be clear that I'm not saying that is the diagnosis at this point. Aside from your medical profession as a fan, what are your hopes uh, and expectations moving forward? The only thing I can say is, I hope this does reinforce medical teams that they need to be ready for unexpected catastrophe. I don't anticipate and I wouldn't be the right person to suggest any policy change or additional changes in the way the sport is played, but I hope it is not a knee-jerk reaction if that is the case because oftentimes it's worse to change policies in knee-jerk fashion based on one problem. First and foremost, of course, my hope is the young man fully recovers. And as a fan who happens to be a doctor, I'm cognizant of the risk that these athletes assume when they decide to play these sports, and I support their decisions to do so, but it's always sad when something like this occurs. Uh, so the one thing that I, I can relate to in this, um, when I was in the military, we used to drill, right, drill. Um, if you don't know what that is, it is basically practice for scenarios that you don't expect are ever going to happen. But if it did happen, you need to know what you need to do, right? Practice makes perfect type of scenario. So that's what he's saying. Like, hey, in, in this situation, I hope teams around the world, not just around the NFL world, but around the world, recognize this and they reinforce their medical teams and they start practicing and make their professionals, their medical professionals ready in case something like this does happen. Is this 
doesn't happen very often. In fact, um, there there was a lot of people that were that were doing research on this, and the, this is the first time that an NFL player has ever had something like this happen mid game, right in a game. So, yeah, that's all all he had to say. Like I said, he said he said enough, uh, but didn't really say anything, um, which I think is kind of the way that doctors. Uh, should be responding to this be careful of what you see out there not everything is going to be uh perfect for this right so uh keep that in mind but yeah i just i wanted to um i, I wanted to provide my input on what i thought happened out there there are going to be some people who probably know more than I do about this. And there are going to be people who may have not even known it existed, right? My wife didn't know it. It happened last night until I talked to her about it. Um, and that's, that's normal. Be careful what you read. Not everything you read on the internet is true, right? Be, be, uh, aware of that fact. Be cognizant of the fact that people are trying to sway you one way or another based on their opinions, maybe not based on fact. Um, but that, that said, not everything is wrong, right? Be, just be careful in that sense. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a strange and uh, it, it certainly a scenario where you, yeah, it's, it's going to pressure you into um, being challenged both mentally and emotionally. So if you're not a fan, hopefully, um, hopefully you have it in you to keep this young man and his family in your in your heart and your mind. Uh, if you are a fan, hopefully you're not using this platform to push other scenarios. Um, I did see a initial reaction to what happened from my Dolphins fan last night on Twitter that said, "Oh, now uh, something to this effect, right? Uh, oh, now that uh, now that." I'm recalling all what these Bills fans were saying, uh, laughing at injuries that players were happening. I hope this doesn't come back to bite them, right? Which is just a, uh, that's like you're completely out of touch at this point. Uh, I didn't, I, I didn't respond. I, I I don't respond to a lot of things. I read a ton. So, um, but be aware. Um, there's a, there's a lot of people that are, are dealing with uh, the emotions behind this. Something that happened uh, outside of that, um, that I found out today, this evening, people are starting to blame T. Higgins. There was a, uh, a ESPN reporter, I think it was. I think I think that's what it was, ESPN reporter, or maybe it was uh, NFL. I, I don't. I'm I'm looking for. Um, I think it was Ryan Clark. No, maybe not. Um, anyway, there is a. Uh, there, there was a reporter on live TV that came out and said that, uh, or that blamed T. Higgins for the way that he hit um, Demar Hamlin, right? Which is like, listen, it's a, this is a human that's talking, right? Um, there, there, that is like, if you have a platform, uh, that, that is just not, that's not the take, right? That is, that is a very, very poor scenario there are people that have taken what he said and latched onto that and they're attacking t higgins uh i will come out and personally say there's nothing that t higgins did wrong in this scenario and if if by some chance he ever got an opportunity to listen to what i say i hope he realizes that point he did nothing wrong there's nothing that he could have done differently in that scenario that could have changed this right 
this. I'm not saying that he couldn't have done anything differently. I'm saying that the way that it, the situation went out, he didn't do anything wrong about it, and it, it's it, it was perfectly fine. People that are blaming him are just off the cuff, right? Just incredible that somebody would even would even uh, do that, right? So, um, yeah, that I hope you find yourself well. I hope you realize that uh, in life things can change in a moment's notice, and that can affect you directly. I hope you are safe. I hope you stay well, right? Um, uh, I thank you for listening tonight. Uh, if you want to, um, you can find all of my socials that'll be in the show notes. Um, you can listen to this podcast and all of your major listening uh, locations, right? Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, Pandora, uh, like all, all of them. They're avail available everywhere, whatever your favorite listening location is. Um, I would only ask at this point, please share this with all the people that you know. Um, try to get that out there. I, I'm just trying to, uh, I, I'd like to do this more often. I want people to understand that I'm doing this, uh, but this is, uh, hopefully, this is a good message and you enjoyed it. Um, from me to you guys, I hope you do well. Take it easy and I'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to Native Notion. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. In the meantime, keep up with Klamath by following him on Twitch, Hover, and Twitter. All links are in the show notes. Until next time.